Welcome to the Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast from three geeky millennials. I'm Anya Crittenden, a writer at Gay Star News, and I am joined by my two fabulous co-hosts. I'm Hui Chen Bui, a writer at Slash Film and a pop culture journalist in New York. And I'm Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the D.C. area. So today is... Um, we're going to be winding down the year with our top five choices of things we loved this year. Yeah, it's um, it's mid-December. We're starting to uh, get closer to the holidays. So that means it's top ten lists and countdowns galore. And uh, oh, we're, Yeah, of course. And we're going to be uh, getting into that too. But we're not doing a top ten movies or top ten TV. We're just doing a top five things we loved. Which that doesn't sound as catchy, but I think it's a much better way of encompassing everything that happened in the year 2018, which outside of entertainment was kind of a hellscape, but yeah, yeah, a little bit. Mm -hmm. But movies and TVs and books and video games are what saved us this year. So uh, we each are going to go down by our top five categories and uh, just talk about what what they are and why we love them and. um, yeah, I think uh, that'll be that'll be how this episode will go. So, uh, Willoughby, why don't you start us off? What's your top five things? So I have, it, they're not so much categories as they are superlatives. Mm. So I figured I'd do like a like an end of the year. Everyone got, everyone. Hey, pop culture, gather into the auditorium. We're gonna do superlatives. <laughs> Senior year, you're about to graduate. You're gonna become 2019. So let's talk about the best of for right. 2018. I like I that. Love it. So f- first up, and the award for best TV season about poop goes to American Vandal season two. It's a very good show. Um, I'll talk about I'll talk about each one like after. Yeah. I'll just go down the list first. Best movie Lord and Miller didn't get fired from mm-hmm. Spider Man into the <laughs> Spider Verse. I like that. <laughs> Wait, I love this because there are actually multiple options yeah. to choose yeah. from. That's but brilliant. It is, I mean, it is also my number one movie of the year. Best two thousands band still at it with the good music. Panic at the disco. Pray for the weekend. Um. Best graphic novel adaptation of a podcast, The Adventure Zone, Here There Be Gerblins. Mm-hmm. Which is the first arc in The Adventure Zone's uh, podcast. They just, they made a graphic novel, and it's very good. Um, oh, and then finally, this is this is the toughest. I didn't know I didn't know who was gonna get this one, but oh man, it was a steal. Best gritty goes to gritty. <laughs> <laughs> Time person of the year, honestly. Time person of the year. And just like Tigger and the Doctor, he is the last of his kind. <laughs> and so he should be recognized as the best. You know, we don't talk enough about how Tigger is the last of his kind. Yeah, it's kind of sad, isn't it? It is okay, sad so, to think about. But um... you like don't think about it too hard. So American Vandal Season 2 is very good. And I thought it did an excellent job with the way it portrays social media and teen culture and how that intersects with each other, as well as a lot of good, good poop jokes. Um, And I thought it was a very good satire on how 
it's not so much like old man yells at cloud technology is bad ooh burn it all but it's very much like an introspective look at how we re- how we re- how we use online personas versus offline personas and how those can be harmful or helpful to each other and i thought that for it being a like you know this at at first a one off series about like who drew the dicks and now it's like who who um put laxatives in the lemonade like it's really like it's some heavy stuff and i really appreciate for like they stick to the bit like to the very end like there's never they never go like haha this is a tv show um well i mean it's a tv show within a tv show and it's always very it's incredibly meta and it's just so very good um and if y'all haven't watched american vandal season two well, it's too late because they're not doing season three. So you can watch it whenever you want, but there's no pressure to now, apparently. The pressure is that it's really good and you should want to consume good things. So, like, I haven't even finished season one yet, but it's, like, super high on my list. And I definitely plan to get to them. And, like, so the pressure is on just to be, like, you want to watch good things and not garbage? Here's a good thing. Yeah. So exactly. there's the incentive. So Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is incredible i watched it saturday and i haven't stopped thinking about it since then like literally i haven't stopped every free moment i get i'm in the twitter tag or the tumblr tag for it because i just love it so much it's a perfect movie it's a perfect comic book movie it's a perfect spider-man story it's just so good like and everybody's been hyping it but the thing is like once you get out of the theater that hype is like real like it's not just critics overblowing it or fans overblowing it because they're a fan of Spider-Man. Like, it is actually amazing. It is spectacular. Did you see um, there was a an awards um, ceremony? Yeah, that, Utah. Yeah, Utah. Utah, Utah actually Utah, awarded. Sorry, to give it. Yeah. Best picture. gave it best picture, which is wild. But I also appreciate that so much. I do. Um, next on my list, best 2000s band that's still at it. Panic at the Disco, Pray for the Weekend is a, is a great album. The only problem is it's too short. It's like 35 minutes. I breeze through it and I want to listen to it over and over again. It was like High Hopes was one of my top songs of the year. Um, it's just, it's, it's incredible that, you know, this punk band from t- 2005 is still at it. I mean, Fall Out Boy is still at it too. Um, but I think that uh, Panic has been a little bit more consistent. Um They've also yeah. been. They also never went on real hiatus, like yeah. uh, Fall Out even Boy though did. they've kind of disbanded. It's just uh, what's his name, Brendan Flowers now. Uh, Brendan Yuri. Brendan Yuri. Brendan Flowers. I don't know. There's probably someone named Flowers, but I can't tell. Sure. Anyway, yeah, Brendan Yuri. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's him, but I think he does have like people like playing. Oh yeah, he does. I'm new sure. Instruments. I don't think it's. It's not the original crew anymore, but he's still there and he's very good at singing. Um. Best graphic novel adaptation of a podcast. The Adventure Zone is so good. The the graphic novel is so excellent. They like take everything that the first arc is really where they were like struggling the most with like keeping things consistent or like actual like trying to actually play Dungeons and Dragons. And the way the graphic novel just kind of like throws that out the door and makes it like canonical with like what we learn later from the show and like. The characters are very much more in character throughout um, and like right from the start, everything like the like jokes that you wouldn't see until like arc two or arc three are in there and like 
consistent and it's very good and the McElroys are very good boys and their dad is amazing and it's just such <laughs> a good podcast and a good graphic novel and if anyone's looking to like read the graphic novel it's on Amazon you can buy it it's very good um and it's like it condenses 11 hours of podcasting into like a 100 page graphic novel so it's pretty excellent um and then yeah what can i say that, about gritty that hasn't already been said <laughs> what has the been man the gritty, myth honestly. the legend uh the eldritch creature from below us all um he is or he, you know they we don't know we don't know true Gen- Gender non-binary. Gritty, gritty doesn't associate with any sort of gender. Gritty is gritty. Um, gritty's amazing. Uh, I will never not laugh at a, gri- a gritty meme or a gritty picture or a gif, uh, uh, a griffy, one would say. Um, it's just all very good. 2018 was a help fire, but at least out of that fire pit and into the fryer, we did get gritty. Um so yeah, that's my. Those are my uh, my top five categories. Superlative. I just love that you included gritty. I know that's, that's so I mean, you. I'm basically gritty without the hair. I and mean, not wrong. Eyes. Like if I just keep growing my hair out, there's a point where I stop looking like college age Bill Clinton and just turn into gritty. <laughs> I go from I, you're my, the anime anamorph of uh, my Pokemon gritty. evolution is Willoughby college bill clinton gritty like that's like i'm a star- like i'm a fire starter type and that's who i am like i start out as willoughby willoughby and then i go into hey bill clinton and then i go gritty <laughs> that so. is the best thing you've ever said about yourself that is i love that i am gritty Great. that'll be like your new slogan we, not just not just i am gritty we are we, gritty. we are gritty we are all gritty we are gritty we are We're all gritty. gritty gritty is all of us <laughs> Uh, so I'm starting a pack for Gritty 2020. Uh, get on the board. Get on board. Sounds good. By the way, Brandon Flowers is the lead singer of The Killers. That's what it is. Oh. Just to clarify that. That's just a B and F. I thought they were an amorphous group. (laughs) No, that's like like Maroon 5 with their, like, eight members. That's true. And then Adam Even though it says Maroon 5, Mm -hmm. but they're, like... Yeah, I hate that. There's yeah. there should be five of them. You just need a singer, two guitarists, a drummer, and I don't know, someone to play the ukulele a every bass once in a while. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah, I guess you have a bass keyboardist, player. <laughs> ukulele, <laughs> xylophone player, a harp player. Well, at this point you're just saying why don't we just make Maroon Band Maroon 5 uh, a, a high school orchestra? I mean, there's like 12 of them, so they might as well be. Make Maroon 5 a marching band. <laughs> <laughs> do they play do they play a marching band arranged versions of their songs or do they yes. play other other 2000s pop punk bands? Songs? Their mascot is Jane. Cuz it's songs oh my from God. Jane. <laughs> this is what Maroon, I mean, this is what Maroon 5 needs to do to like reinvigorate their career yeah honestly yeah. I, maybe maybe adam levine just gets like two more tattoos and then he calls it quits honestly his song girls like you is like the worst song i've heard this year 
not a good song. It's, it's been number one it's for like such, 18 weeks. It's such a weird song. Like every time I hear it, I'm like, this doesn't sound like a real song. It sounds like a satire song or a song that's like made by an algorithm with like Cardi B in there. Like it's two different songs that don't even make sense together. But you know, the irony is that Adam Levine has played a a satirical version of himself in the in the the movie pop star never stop never stopping mm. which is crim- criminally underrated um like he play he does like an algorithmic like terrible song uh m- what is it mona lisa no no i'm so humble with oh, yeah. uh where it, you're just like yeah that makes sense he was he would sing a song like that but then also in begin again he plays like a dude who fucks over kira knightley by like singing about cheating and i'm just like yeah i bet adam levine's done that at some point like that seems true to heart i don't know i don't know the man but (laughs) you know yeah he's he's uh it really it really disturbed me when i didn't realize that his name wasn't maroon (laughs) like comfort and sons maroon five these i am maroon and these are the five (laughs) enjoy (laughs) i mean not wrong and like we all know which one is the superior band so mm-hmm. clearly one of them it got is, it right it, it is indeed mumford and his many sons <laughs> his many many sons his many small sons. like abraham his large sons mumford, large and, his, son. mumford, mumford and his large sons <laughs> Mar- mumford and his large adult sons <laughs> Where's this podcast? I know this is what happens when you record on a Monday night instead of Sunday. All right, Anya. With that tangent, um, what are your top five things of 2018? So I couldn't come up with five. So I have four categories or pop culture themes that sort of defined my 2018. Um, And Willoughby gave you his superlatives. I'm going to give you my very cheesy thematic titles (laughs) to explain so the first one is they're lesbians harold (laughs) not talking about just uh lesbian characters but just queer women in general uh in media i have talked a lot about some of my favorite movies this year uh disobedience the favorite colette which all had really great queer female representation so i'm not going to get into those but tv had some great queer women this year. And I think it's worth talking about them and talking about how great they were. So for me, some of my favorite uh, TV representations of queer women this year uh, is Legends of Tomorrow on the CW, because it's still the best CW superhero show ever. And the fact that Sarah Lance has a girlfriend is so great, and they're so cute, and it's delightful. And like they're just unabashedly in love and queer. What more could you want? Killing Eve, which was one of the best shows of the year in general, but the sexual tension, that kind of dynamic between Eve and what's her face? Sandra um, Oh. Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Yeah. Her. Their relationship was so, so fascinating to watch unfold on screen and uh, definitely had queer vibes that I was super into. Um, Pose, which again is going to go down one of my favorite shows of the year. Ryan Murphy took a time in queer culture and queer history that could have been done as just 
a tragedy and nothing more and just kind of like beat us over the head with how hard the queer community has had to struggle over the years. And instead he made one of the happiest, most hopeful shows of the year with the most uh, trans actors in series regular roles, uh, all of whom are trans women of color. And it's just so inspiring to see. And that show just, it makes me so happy. Um, I don't know if you guys have watched it yet. I haven't. No, I have not. I will say I think UHT specifically would love it. Um, I'm it's not very on the fence about Ryan Murphy stuff. Ryan Murphy shows. See, I get that, but Pose is different. Okay. The fact that he has trans people in front of and behind the camera, directing, writing, really shows, um, and it's all about found families, and. It's it, literally, it is one of the happiest shows I've ever watched. <laughs> so definitely needed right now. Um, and then the last one is uh, The Bold Type on Freeform, mm-hmm. which I am finally watching. And it also has really great queer representation. Uh, one of the three main characters, Kat, played by Aisha D, uh, discovers that she is queer in the first season. And uh, she starts dating a Muslim lesbian. And so you have two women of color in a same-sex relationship, uh, navigating, you know, being women of color, being queer women, um, and what that means. And it's really great because it's so honest and authentic and it's really wonderful. So thanks, Hollywood, for giving me what I want this year. For once in your long life, I will never thank you again. This is the only time. Okay. Um, my second category, theme of my 2018 was on the reading rainbow because I love reading. Yeah. So what's funny about me including this category is that I set myself a goal on Goodreads to read so many books this year and I fell very, very, very short of that goal. I mean, you had a you had a master's to conquer. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying is I, I had my master's to conquer, so I didn't do as much like personal reading. But what I did do this year is find new places to discover new books and, you know, learn more about like what's going on in the literary world. I feel so overwhelmed by the literary world specifically, like way more than television or movies, because I feel like those are pretty small compared to like people publishing books like it happens on a regular basis every right? every tuesday so right and movies come out like every friday but it's like what one or two and it's yeah. like okay and like yeah all the indie and foreign films like they're i could be more overwhelmed by it but i try not to be but books man it's a huge world and i I have rediscovered my passion for reading in the last couple of years, and especially now that I'm done with my master's, I am so excited to get back into reading. And so a couple things this year happened that I just discovered kind of to reinvigorate my passion for reading and to find new books. Um, and that is two podcasts. One I've mentioned before for The Plot, done by my friends Joe and Abby, where they often talk about their favorite books. Um, and they're both very eloquent, and I love all their book recommendations. The other is the podcast Book Riot, which is literally just a book recommendation podcast. Um, People write in asking for a kind of book they're looking for. And the two co-hosts each recommend one book to suit that, to suit that question. And I have put so many books on my to read list. Thanks to this podcast. They're both so delightful and happy and they have such an extensive knowledge of the literary world. 
Um, and so it's a lot of fun to listen to and to just like get recommendations for all the books I'm going to read in the future. Um, so reading or at least discovering my passion for reading, I will say one of the books that came out this year that I loved was Tempest and Slaughter, which is uh, Tamora Pierce's new book. Right. HD, you used to read Tamora Pierce, right? Yeah, I love Tamora Pierce. I haven't read her books in a long time. Um, the last one I remember, the last series I remember reading was The Circle. Yes. It's just The Circle. The I Circle. Think. All right. Yeah. yeah, I love that series. That was great. Yeah, I had a couple of them, but I didn't read. Actually, I don't think I ever read the entire series. I just read like a couple of the ones. Okay. And I own the ones. And I like I like the ones that I own. So, yeah. I yeah. need to read more of her. So this year she published a prequel in the Tortal universe. Mm. Um, if you've read some of the Tortal books, you might remember Numaire, who mm. is a mage. Um, yes, he falls in I love do. with Dane, who yeah. can talk to animals. Mm. Yeah, so uh, she released the first book this year in the Numaire Chronicles, and it's basically Numaire when he was younger, when he went to school. Um, and it's when he used to go by the name Aram Draper, and so it's kind of discovering how he went from Aram to Numaire and his relationship with the, like, Cathark Prince and how that, you know, just uh, fell apart. Um, and it was published earlier this year, and I really loved it, and I'm happy to be back in the world of Tortal, and Numer is one of my favorite characters, so nice. very excited about that. And just reading, guys. Reading. Books. All right. Books. Um, so my next category is The Show Must Go On. As you both know, I'm a huge theater nerd. I love what? One. <laughs> I know. This is news to me. That I'm going to have going... to take a break and think about this. <laughs> That I love going to the theater. Willoughby literally is taking a break. <laughs> he has so much to reflect on. I'm back. So, saw some great things in theater this year. Um, and some just really some highlights from my year, which I've mentioned on the podcast over the year. Um, but I met my favorite Broadway performer ever, Laura Odsness, when she came out here to do the Broadway Princess Party. She originated the role of Cinderella on Broadway. I finally met her. She's an angel. I love her. <laughs> I saw Tom Hanks in Henry IV, which was amazing. Seeing Tom Hanks perform live in Shakespeare is the your, best, especially when he's like wearing a boy. Fat... Right? I didn't it's... realize they made four Henrys. <laughs> like, I knew the book of Henry was a bad movie, but I didn't think it made money. Oh, Willoughby. <laughs> no, You're why would you, that... you can't bring that up in conversation with Shakespeare. That's like, oh, can I? He he brought it up with with Star Wars, so I can bring it up with Shakespeare. Oh no! He being Colin Trevorrow. Did he call the... it compared to A New Hope? Did he call it Star Wars Shakespeare? He no, but he did he did compare the Book of Henry to the plot of A New Hope. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> the director we shall not speak of. Colin um... Tomorrow. <laughs> But yes, yeah, so Tom Hanks and Henry IV was just utterly delightful. Um, I saw new musicals this year, like Waitress, which was one of my favorites by far. Um, definitely one of the best musicals I've seen in recent years. Went to those Hollywood Bowl sing-alongs for Grease and Sound of Music. Yes, all those white people in LA going to the Hollywood Bowl to sing-along to white people musicals. I mean, it is the, it is the whitest thing you could do. It's so white. It's white people culture. It would only be whiter if we like went to the Hollywood Bowl to sing along while making candles. 
Yeah. Is that too white? And maybe and doing that little jog across the street to make sure that you can get past the car pretty quickly. <laughs> and like not exactly smiling when you see someone, but kind of like like biting your lips down like hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the white the white uh, grimace. Oh, yeah, the white it. grimace. Because um, there's the purple grimace and then there's the white grimace. Oh no. So <laughs> wow, we really are loopy tonight. I know. This is gonna be a really I'm, fun episode I'm, to listen to. I'm the engineer of this train and I am taking it off. I know I why really... I'm loopy. I'm sleep deprived and I'm not gonna be getting any more sleep tonight, so I don't know what your guys' excuse is. I'm packing. And I'm not done, so I'm a little stressy about it. I don't know. I'm just usually like this. I was going to say, we're just all kind of naturally loopy sometimes. But anyway. (laughs) He is. So, the theater. I love it. Musicals, plays, all the above. Live performances are some of my favorites. All right. And my final category um, are some of the movies that have affected me most this year and have stuck with me and have made really lasting impressions on me and those are movies that show that anyone can be a hero and change the world so my movies that fall into this category are black panther into the spider-verse wrinkle Ah, in time yeah paddington 2 i was about to say paddington 2 i bet and the documentary won't you be my neighbor there's some good all people these, in those movies. All of these movies, yeah, show like the goodness of the world and that, you know, anyone has it in them to be good and to uh, make a change in the world for the better and to be kind and be a hero in their own right. I think we can all call Mr. Rogers a hero, even if he might not wear a cape. I mean, he definitely is a Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> so these movies just, you know, in... A year that was such a hellscape, to use your word, HT. These movies definitely, you know, kept me going and kept giving me hope. And a lot of tears. Happy tears. And just feeling good about things. And, you know, kind of seeing, like, why I do have such faith in humanity or bears from Peru. Um, and that things can get better. Um... Into the Spider-Verse and Wrinkle in Time especially hit hard for me. At the end of Into the Spider-Verse, not to say spoilers, but Miles has like a little a little speech. And it really hit hard, you know, this idea that anyone can be a hero. And especially that so many of these movies are about people of color or women or young girls. That's the message we need to be hearing. And the fact that so many movies had that message was really lovely this year. So those movies best of 2018 well said Anya actually my first category kind of piggybacks off of that all Um, right let's do it yeah my first category is nice core and it contains a lot of what you were just talking about it's Paddington 2 it's won't you be my neighbor it's uh Christopher Robin and uh, to an extent, it's Terrace House this year, too, which you guys may have heard me talk about a few times. I don't know. Maybe like once, you know, once or twice. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, it's about just how be, uh, having a good heart and being kind and polite and the world will be right. 
That's right, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's something that we really need in, you know, that the year of our Lord 2018 in which so much of reality is bad and we have this escapism of cinema, of nice core, of movies and TV. Oh, queer eye also extends to this, of course. I forgot to say that because I recently I got into Queer Eye for the first time this year. Um, oh, it's like the happiest. Yeah, The Good Place as well. Just like there's so many shows that are so uh, warm hearted and so genuine and sincere. And I love that we have that to rely on. And it's no longer about the grim and gritty. We've done a whole episode about this. I won't go too far into it. But uh, it's the reason that Paddington 2 is one of my favorite movies of the year and continues to be um, my lone dark horse in Oscar race, which I'm still sad that it recently got shut out of the Oscars VFX shortlist. You know, it's not, that's not cool. Yeah. Justice for Paddington 2. That's not right. Justice for Hugh Grant in Paddington 2 delivering his career best role. Honestly. Honestly. Phoenix Buchanan hosts the Oscars. <gasps> Paddington should host the Oscars. Paddington. They should do that thing that they did for uh, when, like, the animated features were uh, up for best animated feature. They had, like, Shrank and oh, Jimmy yeah. Neutron sitting next I, to each other as, like, that. digital holograms. They should do that. They should just have, like, a holographic projection of Paddington on stage. And he, little Ben Wishaw walks up and goes, like, I know. And then Hugh Grant chases him around. Yes, uh, ABC, hire us. We already got your idea. We'll spend millions of dollars on a holographic Paddington. Yes. So, yeah, that's my my first category for for the year. And I think both of you touched on both of them spectacularly. I won't have to speak any more about it except to say I love Paddington, too. Um, My next category is... um, time travel and this may have to do with time travel as a concept time travel as a plot or time traveling to uh, a time in which we a show or a movie or property gave us that that specific kind of joy i am in fact talking about doctor who but this also uh, pertains to my love for Harry Potter, excepting, of course, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, which I have not yet seen, and I refuse to watch for a little bit. Yep. But Harry oh, Potter correct. in that I was able to time travel back to the 80s through the Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery mobile game. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. Uh, and HT is one of, one of one person. You were the only person left playing that game, I think. I'm one of five people who also frequent the Reddit for Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery. (laughs) And um, also seeing Harry Potter and the Cursed Child for the first time this year, it really brought back all that flood of memories and and childhood awe that I associate with that series. And uh, being able to recapture that was such a blessing to me this year. Um, And Doctor Who, of course, which I've raved about endlessly and made and forced both of you guys to do a, two episodes on, even though neither of you had caught up just yet. Willby, I know, is currently on the in the verge of catching up. I'm currently in the middle of season 11 now with Ooh. my girlfriend. We are close to catching up with the rest of a world. I would say Doctor Who is a little bit of nice core as well. It is nice yeah, core. It is. It's like the most so. wholesome show. I was talking about um, Doctor Who on my Slack 
uh, for Slash film and like no, no, no one else watches it. And I was just talking about how great a show it is. And we were sharing this headline for the New Year's uh, Day special. And the headline for like io9 was like, the doctor is wearing a nice, uh, is a, wearing a new scarf for the New Year's Day special. And everyone was like, that's such a wholesome headline. And I was like, it's such a wholesome show. And it really is. Even when it has its ups and downs, even when it gets exceedingly convoluted, I was doing a rewatch this year. It reminded me of why I love the show and reminded me and basically reinvigorated my love for this series that I was obsessed with in college and has inspired me to maybe take on another tattoo that might be Doctor Who inspired who knows but I absolutely love it even though this season two has been a little bit um kind of middling for me this new season of Jodie Whittaker though Jodie herself is sublime but I am just happy to be back in love with Doctor Who happy to be always in love with Harry Potter and uh and no franchise spinoff can sour that love for me and um another time travel uh, movie that I want to just throw in there with these other with these two big franchises is uh, Mirai, uh, directed by Mamoru Hosoda, the anime film that I've been raving about since it, it had a limited release here, and it has a central time travel component that is um, both incredibly intimate and very universal and very touching. Um, I can't go into it without spoiling it more, but it's an incredibly affecting film and funny at that so i highly recommend if you have the chance to see mirai at some point which means uh future in japanese so um time travel and time traveling to a better time perhaps that's my second category category three i touched on this a little bit last episode but it's female directors and writers um my favorite uh, some of my favorite films of this year were directed by female re- directors. Uh, Lynn Ramsey, who directed You Were Never Really Here. Deborah Granick, who directed Leave No Trace. Jennifer Fox, who directed The Tale. And then female writers, too, have just been killing it this year. Um, Jillian uh, Flynn, who wrote Sharp Objects and uh, who also wrote the screenplay for Widows, which I have not yet seen, but I hear good things of. Um, and also Diablo Cody, who wrote Tully and, and a, in her latest collaboration with Jason Reitman. A great film that has sadly kind of fallen through the cracks a little bit. But yeah. uh, Sharp Objects is one of my favorite TV shows of this year. In fact, it might be my favorite TV show for the way that it handles trauma and depicts complex female characters and their toxic relationships. And uh, it's such a good, taught, biting um murder mystery thriller and uh Gillian Flynn even though it's her debut novel um just comes out of the gate running with a really fully formed writing style and but the tv show improves on it in every way uh makes this it, it creates this fluidity between the past and the present in a way that's almost dreamlike and I absolutely adored it Amy Adams is so phenomenal in this show God, the she has long deserved an Oscar and 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 an Emmy and every other um, award, even a Grammy. I don't know. Maybe she sings. Oh, she does sing. She deserves a Grammy too. So she does sing. Um, with this performance, she really sort of cements herself as one of the greatest actresses of this generation. Uh, the tumult of emotions that go through her face in that final scene. Um, 
Eliza Scanlon. Yes, Eliza Scanlon is so good too in her breakout role um, as a Emma. Emma. I was like, no, it's not Adora. Emma. Yes. Oh, Patricia Clarkson too is great as Adora. I absolutely love this series. I'm going to rave about it a little more. <laughs> it's so good. If you guys haven't seen it yet, I re- recommend it. It's on HBO. And um, yeah, I've talked a lot about the other ones um, plenty this year. So that's the those are the big ones that I will rave about in this category of female directors and writers. And hopefully they'll get more recognition than they have been getting for the past few weeks slash months from the awards circuit i'm really still very angry about that um oscars come through so completely agreed um my uh how many categories have i had so far three three uh my this will be my last category category four asian august Yes! Yay! So I've I've written a lot of stories about this already. You may read them if you want to on slashfilm.com. I They're a, really good, you guys. Go read you. them. Thank you. It's these stories, these articles came in the wake of the release of Crazy Rich Asians, which uh was a watershed moment for Asian American representation in the movies and proved that an Asian all Asian American cast can lead a major Hollywood feature film. And it's such a good rom-com while at the same time being this incredibly touching and um, story about, like, you know, um, the immigrant experience and about that cultural outsider experience. Um, it's so good. And it, I cried. I cried while watching it, of course. Um, I'm so happy that now, too, like, in the wake of that, we had – I was able to get in contact with or connect with so many Asian American journalists who were like writing a whole flurry of stories in the wake of Crazy Rich Asians as well. It's so great to see all that Asian American representation on the screen and um, at the computer screen. And uh, as as well as Crazy Rich Asians, they were searching this year, one of the the year's best um, films with John Cho as a dad searching searching for his uh, missing daughter, his missing teen daughter. And then there was uh, To All the Boys I Loved Before, uh, starring Lana Condor and new gen heartthrob Noah Centineo, (laughs) um, which could also lead into a whole appreciation of the rom-com coming back. But it's not quite back yet. There are some, like, it's the beginnings, I think. So I'm hoping that... Let's let's just say it's been set up. (laughs) Anyways, I am so happy to see people who look like me on the big screen and it's done in a way that's not marginalized that's not uh tokenized and it's just it's been such a blessing for me this year and um i might be getting emotional again who knows so those are my top four categories of this year i'm thank you guys for uh for um sitting through and uh sharing with me your top categories as well and uh, I hope that once we uh, put this episode out, we'll hear some from our listeners, too. Yes. Yeah, I... last year we did a whole call-in session. Oh, yeah. But for our 100th episode. But this year we're going back to basics. Yeah, that was our going 100th ground, episode. That was a fancy bottom one. Bottom of the barrel, back to normal. Yeah, just the three of us talking about Adam Levine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the most important The discussion. most important subject. Um, so I think that's a great way to wrap up our discussion about 
our favorite things of 2018. Here's hoping to even better things in 2019 and maybe less of a dumpster fire in the rest of the world as well. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So before we move on to, uh, before we wrap up the episode, let's move on to the last segment of our episode. I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. All right, Willoughby, why don't you start us off this week? What do you really like? Sure. Um, well, it's still Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, so I've talked about, I talked about it earlier in the episode, but I really liked the movie that it came out earlier. It was good. Um, but I also think overall, broadly, it's a really good year to be a a Spider-Man fan because we got, um... The PS4 game that came out in September, which is amazing. It's excellent. I know Anya can agree because she's been playing it. Um, and and uh, we've got Into the Spider-Verse, which is amazing as well. And earlier in the year, we got some, some, some choice acting from Tom Holland in Avengers Infinity War. I would say that um, pr- probably the most heartbreaking scene in that movie involves one... Mr. Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> Mr. Spider-Man. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, no, uh, you can call me uh, Peter Spiderman. Um, Spider-Man's my father. Um, yeah, no, I think it's just been a really good year to be a, uh, a fan of, uh, of Mr. Spider. Of our favorite yeah. wall caller. Our favorite neighborhood Spider-Man. Exactly. I agree. Um, I'm going to go next just because mine's the same. Oh, so Willoughby, Oops. let's just chat about Spider-Man together because uh, it is a Spider-Verse. Seen it yet. Don't spoil it for me, guys. I won't spoil it. I won't spoil it. Well, it, it involves is... a universe of Spider-Men <laughs> of Spider-Men. and some Spider-Women and pigs yes. and pigs and noir <laughs> and noir. Yeah, all of the <laughs> this above movie it. has everything. It's got Spider-Man. It's got Miles. It's got noir. It's got pigs. awesome pigs. It's got Gwen Stacy as Spider-Gwen. It's so good. So great. Um, yeah, this movie is fantastic. It's probably going to go into my top ten of the year. It is some of the most gorgeous animation I've ever seen. It's so dynamic and so uniquely individual to this film, which I love. Like, the animation itself has a personality that fits with this movie so well. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's exciting seeing Miles and Gwen finally kind of get their, their time to shine on the big screen, because we've been waiting for that for so long. Um... It's a lot of fun. The cast is great. There are some surprise voices you may hear. I remember hearing one being like, is that? Hold on. What? And I was very excited. I'm and there's so one that I, I I told Anya about because she didn't stay for the end credits. I didn't stay for the end credits. I just completely blanked on the fact that this is a Marvel movie and it would have an end credit scene. Oh my God, I can't wait. Yeah, HT, when you see it, stay for the end credits. Of course. Yeah. Um, and then we need so to yeah. talk about it because it t- changes everything. This movie is great, um, and like it's a technical achievement, and one of the best Spider-Man movies. But again, like I said earlier, with my like categories, like it's just it really is an inspiring film, and I like how true to like Miles's roots it is. Like you really get to know his home and his life in New York with a Latina mother and a black father, and how he's been raised and how that shapes him into the hero he becomes. Um, So Into the Spider-Verse is 
so good. And let me just say, the Stanley cameo had me in tears. It was pretty good. And then the scene right after that, which I won't spoil, also had me in tears. It was a it was a rough going there for a little bit. Yes. Yes. I can't wait. All right. Oh my gosh. All right. Um my really like is not into the Spider-Verse because I have not yet seen it. But I have written a column that was published today on SlashFilm.com that compiled the 15 most beautiful animated movies uh, that in, in honor of Spider-Man's release. So if you guys want to check that out, please do. <laughs> Going to do some same, shameless self-plugging here. Yes. Um, my really like this week is uh, a certain video game trailer that came out uh, a couple days ago. Or maybe yesterday. It came out yesterday. Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts 3. The 89th trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3, a game 10 years in the making. And the 89th and supposedly final trailer, because we have a little more than a month till the the game is out, guys. It's almost here. It's almost here. Uh, So I was very excited to watch this trailer. It's just chock full of Disney cameos, Pixar cameos, angst. Donald Duck dying. What? Yes. <laughs> I mean, he dies enough in this game, in this he series, does. so. And well, that's what he gets for never healing us. It's true. Donald is useless at that. He's so useless. And then, of course, he heals you just when you give yourself a potion. And you're like, what the, what the hell are you here for, Donald? What is your purpose? And he gets killed immediately. Anyways, <laughs> I'm very excited for this trailer. None of the plot makes any sense, um, especially if you haven't seen haven't played or seen any of the walkthroughs for the spin-off con- off console games even having watched those i'm a little confused still i'm just like yeah i think i missed like a whole game or something like did, wasn't there a whole game played on the cell phone that you need to like play to like yes. understand how certain characters come in they yeah they really played the long game on this and it might not pay off but i'm excited for this regardless and it also de- like debuted the um the new Utade Karu Skrillex song, which to my <laughs> shock is not bad. It's um Is it a remix it's of it's the actually first a, song? It's actually just a no, it's a new song called Face My Fears, but it's just like a typical like Utade Karu piano driven ballad, but remixed by Skrillex. But he just like put his name in the so, title. I mean, is there a bass drop? There's no bass drop. Not a bass is drop. Is there like a... just like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, in the typical um, Kingdom Hearts remix way. So I'm very excited about this game. Guys, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Agreed. And I might be getting a PS4 for Christmas, so I will be able to play it when it gets out. Maybe I should pre-order it now. As a Christmas I haven't been able to stop playing with my PS4, so like, <laughs> get ready, because it is so much fun. Oh, Anya, we should be friends on, oh my God, on how Sony's not, PlayStation. How have we not done that already? Yeah, we gotta do How it. Have you not? Oh no. Okay, well we'll do that. Yes. Yeah. And once I get mine, we'll do that too. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, I think that is our episode wrapping up the year and talking about some of these final year things that have made us happy. Um, so if you guys have any thoughts on your favorite pop culture things of 2018 or some newer things like Into the Spider Verse or the new Kingdom Hearts trailer, come chat with us. And where can they do that, Willoughby? 
You can find us on Facebook if you search for us there. We're also on Twitter, at Falcon Podcast. Our blog is millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com. We're also on SoundCloud, where you can listen to us there. And we're also on iTunes and Google Play, both of them, um, where you can rate, review, and subscribe. And where can they find you guys on the internet? You can find me at htranbui on Twitter. You can find me at Anya Crittenton on Twitter. And you can find me at Willoughby Dobbs on Twitter. All right, so we will be back with one more episode for the year uh, this coming Sunday, but we will not uh, we will not be uh, airing an episode on the 30th, so we only have one more for the year, um, and that'll be our millennial uh, movie review to be announced soon. But uh, after that, happy new year, guys, and happy holidays. I can't yeah. wait to review insert movie here. <laughs> I heard it was middling to good. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that'll be a review next week. So look forward to it, guys. And uh, see you guys later. Bye. Bye.